Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, How Deep the Father's Love for Us.
There are many who claim that they're not interested in doctrine. They say, all we need is Christ. We answer, what Christ? And the answer to that question is necessarily a doctrine. A doctrine is a body of teachings or instructions, principles, or positions as the essence of teaching in a belief system. A minister once said that it was a shame that the church could not follow Paul on the road to Damascus. He had not been bothered with the question of theological dogma. He had simply said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? The minister evidently had not read the word of God very closely. If we realize that the Greek word for the Lord was undoubtedly the same as a translation of the Hebrew Jehovah, we have the beginning of a doctrine in the very question. But we must further realize that before Paul asked for orders, he had previously asked another question. Who art thou, Lord? Take it any way you like. The answer is a doctrine, and the Lord wants us to be clear and plain in our concept of that answer. One day, as the disciples were discussing roadside gossip, the Lord Jesus Christ came to them and asked, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The answer to that question is doctrine, and the disciples answered, showed the varying doctrines or creeds of the world, all of them false. This did not satisfy the Lord. He kept on questioning, But whom say ye that I am? The word but of his phrase of inquiry is interesting. The but shows that Jesus Christ was not satisfied with the thoughts of the world. Indeed, how could the eternal truth be satisfied with satanic error? It was Peter who answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. This answer satisfied the Lord, and he immediately explained to the disciples that the answer was a divine revelation, not merely a thought that might have equal value with other opinions. And this was truth. Everything else is to be excluded. Christ is a translation of the Greek word that is the equivalent to the Hebrew Messiah. Thou art the Messiah. This embraces the whole of the Old Testament. This indeed is a doctrine. Thou art the Son of the living God. This embraces the heart of the Godhead. The second psalm shows us one of the many sides of the doctrine of Christ. In this psalm, the Father answers the rebellion of the world with his prophetic statement about the coming of Christ. Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. And he continues to show that his Son is to be the final answer to the world. What a doctrine. Listen now as Joshua and Stephanie McClellan sing for us this beautiful song entitled, Forgiven. Me. Oh. 
You are listening to Joy in the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at this same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning that you are encouraged and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church of your own to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible-honoring, Bible-teaching church to join us for our services. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 930 Here we have many classes for the various age groups. We also have a supervised nursery for little ones for all of our services. Then at 1045, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. Then at 645, we begin our closing service of the day, our evening fellowship hour. It is important that Christians gather together to study God's Word. 
Listen now as Randy Bickle plays for us on the piano this wonderful song, How Beautiful. Did you hear the tale about the teacher who was helping one of her kindergarten students put on his cowboy boots? He asked for help, and she could see why. Even with her pulling and him pushing, the little boots still did not want to go on. 
By the time they got the second boot on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost cried when the little boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong feet. She looked, and sure enough, they were. It wasn't any easier taking the boots off than putting them on. She managed to keep her cool as together they worked to get the boots back on this time on the right feet. Then he announced, Well, they aren't my boots. She bit her tongue and asked, Why didn't you say so? Once again, she struggled to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off his little feet. No sooner had they gotten the boots off when he said, They're my brother's boots. My mother made me wear them. Now she didn't know if she should laugh or cry, but she mustered what grace she had left to wrestle his boots back on his feet again. Helping him into his coat, she asked, Now where are your mittens? He said, I stuffed them in the toes of my boots. This teacher is a perfect example of patience and long-suffering. This is something we all need in our lives. Difficult people and circumstances in our lives can make patience and long-suffering difficult to live out. However, we are promised God's help in this area. By the indwelling Holy Spirit, we're strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. God is long-suffering. During this present evil age, God is demonstrating His long-suffering as He gives all people an opportunity to be saved. And while believers are not perfect in the patience, God is patient and long-suffering with us as we grow in Christ. Listen to the words of this song as Bill Burkett, Larry Grable, Dave Kephart, and John Harris sing, In my heart there rings a melody. Time now for our Bible study porch for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, the five mysteries of the Apostle Paul. 
1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. We're going to resume and continue our study on the five mysteries of the Apostle Paul. Previously, we had studied the mystery, Ephesians chapter 3, the mystery of the blindness of Israel, Romans 11.25, and the mystery of the rapture resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15.51. The fourth of the five mysteries is the mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.15 and 16. At a first glance and maybe a casual reading of 1 Timothy 3.15-16, it might lead to the conclusion or the biblical thought or interpretation that these verses are a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 3.16 does not state the mystery of Christ or the mystery of His incarnation or the mystery of His deity, but rather it states the mystery of godliness. Before we study 1 Timothy 3.16 and give the reasons why it's not talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and then study and understand what the correct biblical interpretation is, I need to emphatically emphasize that myself and the Altoona Bible Church absolutely teaches and believes in the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The question of deity means, is the Lord Jesus Christ God? And the Bible is very clear that the Lord Jesus Christ is God manifest in human flesh. Here it's part of our doctrinal statement concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the absolute deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, in his virgin birth, in his perfect humanity, that it was impossible for our Lord to have sinned. Here are some Bible verses that establish the deed of Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ is eternal. He was not created by God, for he is God himself. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And then Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, 18. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Revelation 1, 17, the first and the last. Revelation 1.8, the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead and alive forevermore. The one who lived and was dead and then alive forevermore is the same as the first and the last. And it's the same in Revelation 1.8 as the Alpha and the Omega. If you believe this is a reference to God the Father, the question would be is when did God the Father die? He never died. This is a flawless reference to the Lord Jesus Christ who died for the sins of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ is the first and last. He is the Alpha and Omega, which means that He is God. He was alive. He was dead because He died on the cross of Calvary. And He's alive forevermore because He was raised from the dead. He died just once, never more, to die again. 1 Timothy 3, 15, 16 is not about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about the mystery of the virgin birth or the mystery of the deity of Christ, but rather it's about the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. And for a moment, just think of the order. Manifested, justified, seen of angels, preached, believed, and received. If you take manifested to be his birth and received to be his ascension, How could this order be accurate concerning Christ? The order cannot be correct because you would have believed before he was received. When during his earthly ministry was he preached to the Gentiles? 
When was he believed on in the world? John chapter 1 verse 11 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Furthermore, the Lord Jesus Christ needed to be justified in the Spirit. The issue is not Christ, but it's great is the mystery of godliness, God-likeness. And you have the mystery of godliness in 1 Timothy 3.16 versus really the mystery of iniquity. And we'll study that, Lord willing, next week, which is the last of the five mysteries of Paul found in 2 Thessalonians 2.7. God manifests in the flesh, believer's flesh. When you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have been identified to his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 6, 3, and 4. The whole Godhead indwells all believers, justified in the Spirit. The word justification means to be declared righteous. Read Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Scene of angels. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Angels are watching, and through the church, the body of Christ, the angels are learning upon the manifold wisdom of God. Preach unto the Gentiles. Romans 3.22, for there is no difference. Ephesians 2.14, the middle wall a petition has been destroyed. Believed on the world. The gospel is going forth and millions of people have come to salvation by faith alone in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about the hymn, Room at the Cross. Though millions have come, there is still room for one. Yes, there is room at the cross for you. Received up in the glory, the blessed hope, the rapture of the church, the body of Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. That we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 and verse 4. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear... Listen to these words. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. All the verbs manifest, justified, seen, preached, believed, received are in the aorist tense, which means completed action, point in time. Romans 4.17 explains this. As it is written, I made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, which quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Great is the mystery of godliness. Godliness is personified in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, as lawlessness will be personified in the coming Antichrist. What we need to understand and accept and realize is what God is doing today. God is working in and through us, the church, the body of Christ. God lives in us. We are identifying the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. If you have any questions about our study or any other questions or Bible verses that you would like studied in light of the Word of God, write it about it. Please contact Pastor Stewart at the Altoona Bible Church. The church's phone number is 942-2131. Or you can email me at altoonabible at altoonabible.org. We need, as believers, be, to be those Bereans to continue to study God's Word. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you need to trust Him right now, right where you're at. The only way of salvation is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and faith in Him.
You have been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Still I see, Lord, Jesus is my peace.